You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Beyond the Game. Hello and welcome again to Beyond the Game. I am Tim McGam, your host, and as always, we talk about life off the field and life after the career. Uh, today, we are joined uh, by what's become a good friend. I broadcast when I was on the radio network. I broadcast uh, some of the games that he was doing with Kansas City Chiefs: offensive tackle, offensive guard, center, you name it. I'm sure hell, you, heck, you might have uh, lined up a tight end a time or two as well. So, Jordan Devy, Jordan, appreciate you joining us today. No, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, very cool. Now, so many great things to talk about, but we'll try to take our listeners back uh, to your career. Uh, I was reading a little bit, uh, a little more on you uh, this morning before we got to, to this. Uh, you, tuba player, uh, football career didn't start like a normal football player will say, or, or like a lot of people in terms of you were so big, you almost didn't play. Uh, I found out something that I really thought was interesting is you dealt with Osgood Slaughter, which I did as well which is one of the worst pains I've ever dealt with in my life. But uh, yeah. just talk about how you got into football to begin with. Yeah, I mean, so growing up, I uh, played all the sports I could. Um, and about, I think, I, so tackle football, I played sixth grade. And I think seventh grade was my last year. Um, the Osgood Slaughter, it was bugging me really bad. Yeah. And our, our family doctor was just like, because I was a catcher in baseball. Um, and after games, like my knees would swell up. And I'd be in ice tubs trying to get him back down. And our family doctor kind of just was like, listen, like, you should probably take football off until you stop growing. Um, I'd recommend baseball too. And at that time, like, baseball was my by far my favorite sport. Like, lived, breathed, everything baseball. Yeah. I was a, was a big Atlanta Braves fan growing up. Uh, Del Murphy was in our county. And so, like, everyone was rooting for them. Uh, so I took time off from football and I didn't know how long it was going to be. Um, about ninth grade, I knew that I wanted to go to college. Um, neither of my parents went, both of them worked. So it came from a, you know, blue collar home. Mm -hmm. And I, I started looking into like, what's the best, like what's the easiest way to get scholarships. Um, I'm not right. the smartest guy out there in the books. And I looked into the music aspect of it. And I was like, well, man, like colleges, especially in Utah, are just throwing money at kids to come play band. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I picked up a brass instrument um, and just started playing that. So I, I did the band and baseball throughout high school, as well as working uh, a variety of jobs. And like, it was a pain because in high school, I'd be in, you know, the pep band sitting in the stands watching a lot of my friends play. And... Mm -hmm. I in the back of my mind, like, yeah, I was having fun in band and I, I loved baseball, but in the back of my mind, I was always like, man, I need to find a way to get back out on the football field. Um, and that didn't come until later. I graduated when I was 18. And then, so I grew up and I'm a member of the church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. Mm -hmm. So I graduated when I was 18 and then I worked to save up money to go on a, a two year mission. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they sent me to Costa Rica for two years which you don't get to choose where you go. You just get an envelope in the mail one day and it says, hey, this is where you're going. You can either accept wow. it or deny it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I went on I went on the mission. Um, I had a bunch of companions from the States that were like, man, Mike, what are you doing? Why aren't you playing football? Why aren't you doing this? And I was like, well, I, 
I had some knee issues, but like, I just, maybe that ship has sailed. Right. Um, when I came home, I had a scholarship, music scholarship to go to a school there in Utah. And as soon as I got off the plane, I was like, this doesn't feel right. Like music doesn't feel right. Interesting. Yeah. It just was one of those feelings like, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, and, and did, I think I was reading it, you grew some of those two years in Costa Rica as well. Is that correct? Yeah, I think when I graduated, I was around six foot four um, and maybe yeah. like 200, 275 pounds ish. Right. I came, I came home when I was six, seven, 240. Wow. So that I was on the, I was on the Costa Rica rice and beans, gallo pinto every day diet <laughs> and just, right, slimmed me down. That- that's awesome. You know, a lot of people just assume we as NFL football players, you know, we 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 came out of the womb playing football and everything, and it doesn't always happen that way. It's interesting you talk about the brass. I, I played the saxophone, and I love the fact that I had that experience. But uh, I had Osgood Slaughter as well and didn't play my freshman year of football because really basketball was my favorite sport. So I think it's always interesting for for, for people to understand that or, or realize that you know, just because we get to the NFL, it's it's not always our favorite sport. Oftentimes, it's not our second or third favorite sport as well. But we understand that our body kind of dictates a little bit. I, I thought it was interesting. You know, I think I think you did some things. I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, and and uh, honestly, I, I thought it was beautiful, the fact that you and your wife kind of knelt down and prayed and figured out where you wanted to be to play football. And, and that ended up being Memphis. Is that a fair uh, a way to, to state it? Yeah. I mean, I didn't know what football was going to have in store for me. And right. I mean, snow college in Utah, they let me in the door. Like you said, with our body size, I called them and they were like, we don't really need anybody. And then, uh, I believe it was coach Hunter and the very end of the call, uh-huh. he goes, but, but like, how, how tall are you? And I was like, well, I'm six foot seven. And he goes, well, can you come down here and meet me? So I got in the car and drove <laughs> down there and they're like, yeah, like come try out for us. See what happens. Well, right. Worked out where I started for him for two years. And I started getting these offers that time I met my wife and you know there was the option to stay in, in state and play for a school there there's the option to go um I think it was University of Cincinnati and then Memphis is where we had it narrowed down to uh-huh. at that time we were getting serious I proposed to her December of my sophomore year and I felt like Memphis was a place to go there was an O-line coach that who's now at LSU that I really respected uh there's a straight strength coach Milo who played in the league a long time yeah as an offensive lineman um and it was really the meeting with milo where he was like listen like you've got all you've got all the like everything we look for you're tall you work hard you've got the body you keep your nose clean like if you come here like i can i can get you right and so we knelt down knelt down in prayer and that's where we felt like we should go and looking back now i don't regret it at all like i love my time at memphis and that right one getting your school paid for is that was the number one goal and i never imagined yep playing in the nfl yeah. after that what did you study while you were there in memphis so i studied accounting and i have a, a bs in accounting okay very cool now you didn't get i think you're like me you didn't get drafted well actually i got drafted the 11th round so it doesn't count in my mind <laughs> um <laughs> but uh you, you go to baltimore you don't you don't make the team there uh but, but talk about that experience a little bit because i imagine that had to be interesting yeah, I mean Harbaugh uh, is one of the one of the best. I mean, I've been I was very fortunate to play for some really really good coaches: Harbaugh, mm-hmm. Belichick, Reed. Um, 
but I mean, it was, everyone talks about the NFL experience. Well, when you get in there and everything's so much more fast paced and everything's just like flying around, uh, the offensive line coach, Juan Castillo really worked the technique. And, you know, I think week one, I I signed to the practice squad. And then the next day they were like, Hey, we got to bring in a receiver. We're letting you go. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't know the NFL business. I didn't know how any of it worked. So in my mind, I'm like, well, they're like, I'm done. This is it. And then it was a few, a few hours later, my agent calls me. He's like, Hey, you're getting on a plane. New England's picked you up. And And there was worse places to be than New England. (laughs) Yeah. No. And that, that was amazing. Holy cow, that was a shock in itself. Well, Baltimore had just come off of winning the Super Bowl. And then right. go to New England, and, you know, I'm in the locker room with Tom Brady, Edelman, Amendola, Gronk. Like, as yeah. a kid from Utah, I'm like, I was just like, I mean, starstruck. You're like, these are the guys that everyone talks about, you see in the media. And to be able to learn from them and, and develop into an athlete was it was huge for me. Yeah, you know, there's a couple things that I want to un- unpack. Number one is I would imagine – when you were cut by Baltimore, that's kind of the first time that you ever, you really ever been told uh, that you, in effect, weren't good enough to be on the team. I know there's some circumstances. I remember that when I got cut my first time. It was literally the first time that I'd been told, you know what, no, we we don't want you. And I, I think sometimes that goes uh, untalked about uh, uh, by the general public of, of how really, uh, well, certainly life altering, but but how how hard that can be because especially if you don't expect it. I mean, do you, do you remember some of the feelings you had? Was it just simply I'm done or, or were there some other things going on? I think like you said, because they give you a letter or they, they mail it to you and it, in the letter, it basically, and for lack of better words, says we let you go because you weren't good enough. And it, right. it t- kind of takes a toll on you. You're like, wait, I wasn't good enough. I did everything I was supposed to. Like, right. I, I was there early. I stayed late. Like, how am I not good enough? And yeah, I think, what when you're in the NFL, you don't really have time to process it because everything moves so fast. You go to yeah. one team, and then like I was traded after two years in New England, and essentially it's the same thing. Like we don't we like we don't like you enough anymore, but we like someone else, so we're going to switch right. out for that. And yeah, absolutely. The whole career with the ups and downs, you don't ever have time to sit down and process what all that means for you. And I think a lot of guys, I, I mean, me myself struggled with it after. Because then all these things start, like you said, coming out, coming unpacked, and you're like, wait a minute, how do I process yeah. this and now be able to move on from it? Yeah, no doubt about it. Okay, we're going to take a break and pay some bills, but when we come back, we'll talk more about your career and get into your life after football as well. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. It's more fun to be there for live Kansas City Chiefs football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Chiefs. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back with Jordan Devy, former offensive lineman in the NFL for nine years, uh, a few of those years of Kansas City Chief. Okay, Jordan, you talked about that. You you, you get cut by Baltimore. You go to New England. Uh, you won a championship in New, New England. Um, you talked about all those guys there and, and being starstruck. Uh, probably, I'm, I'm assuming probably Mike Vrabel was there as well, if I remember maybe he'd moved on i forget but he he had left just before he left just before okay actually that may have been when he came to kansas city but i, re- I remember also when i went to the steelers and walking in as a rookie and seeing these guys uh who, who i've been watching play i think that's something that gets lost on folks also is uh, as a player when you're young it, it's no different than anybody else these are people you've watched play and you can be starstruck a little bit even if you know you're good enough and feel like you have a chance that I would think certainly uh, when it comes to New England, uh, even more so for so many different reasons. And then also, I'll ask you about this because I think some other people have taken me into it. But if there's one place that was known for really grinding, it was definitely New England. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, I mean, they got after it. And for me, it was like the perfect atmosphere because they expected you to show up early, Mm -hmm. do exactly what you're supposed to do and take care of business and if you do that like everything would work out there and i think it's more importantly like obviously being around you know those high caliber guys is great but then there was a good offensive line group with some really respectable veterans and uh logan mankins dan conley uh ryan wendell nate solder sebastian volmer all those guys had played a long time ryan wendell kind of the same path where he was under he might have been drafted but he just kind of stuck found a way to stuck around and so with those guys they kind of just brought me under their wing and i just kind of followed them like oh you guys show up at this time i'm going to show up at this time you guys do you guys contrast after uh, i'm going to i'm just going to do everything you guys do because yeah i want to play as long as you guys are playing and so they're they always everything to me Absolutely. I'm a big Tony Robbins fan, and he always talks about the fact if you want to be successful, 
you know, study and follow people who are successful already and mimic that the best you can. And I've always tried to do that. That's, uh, yeah, I was very fortunate. That that had to be a great experience for so many different reasons. Obviously, getting the ring and, and the Super Bowl and whatnot. But you mentioned you're there a few years and you came to Kansas City. And of course, this is where we're based uh, and now. Um, talk about your time in Kansas City. I mean, obviously, some on the field, but off the field as well, because I've found and in all my talks uh, with folks that whether they come through here or they retire or they get cut here and their career's over, oftentimes they realize that Kansas City is is just a place that's a really good place to raise a family and call home. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a hidden gem. And that's, we, I, so I was traded to San Francisco and then played a year there. And, and then uh, Kansas City picked me up off a waiver. Oh, came, that's right. And I came here and I had no idea what to expect. And, you know, everyone just kind of told me, like, if you're single, this is where you live. If you have families, yeah. guys go to guys go to Overland Park, and so we rented a house in Overland Park. And just the first year, my wife and I were like, "This is such a great place! Like the school district's great, the cost of living is phenomenal, especially compared to California." Um, but just the family atmosphere, and I mean, there's no other team that I've played for, or no other place in the country where they have the Red Fridays, and like the Chiefs' kingdom is is yeah. unlike any other fan base I've seen, and. So it's just such a cool place. And that's when, so my first year was 16 here, 17, we ended up buying a house because we we're like, listen, I don't know how much longer I'm going to play, but I know when I'm done, this is where we want to be just because of wow the atmosphere here. Interesting. Yeah. So you, you knew that far back. I didn't realize. Yeah. We were very we were pretty hooked on it from the get go. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, uh, lots of people always ask me that the toughest place to play, the funnest place to play. And and, and I say Kansas City, and they think, well, I'm just being a homer. But that was back when I was with the Steelers and the Saints also. I mean, the place is truly special. And, and certainly you having played here on the opposing team and myself as well, I mean, you can't hear yourself think down there. I mean, this is this is definitely a special place to be. Yeah, I mean, we, I remember we played, I think it was 2014, we played a Monday night football game here. Uh-huh. And Arrowhead set the record for the loudest. And right, we got absolutely crushed by kansas city and the fans were just insane and i was like this up to this point i'm like this is the loudest it's ever been like i couldn't even hear myself think um, yeah and then to be able to switch and be on the sideline um and be on the on the chiefs it was just like oh man this is a dream like and we had such a fun group like the offensive line the years that i was there like we were just I mean, we were brothers like we did everything together it was just so much fun on the field we were winning um, Alex was playing his best ball. We drafted Mahomes, and then Mahomes took over. And I think that I think the moment when Mahomes played that Denver game, yep, was it seventeen? We were all just like, "Oh yeah, this this is it. This is the kid. Like this kid's special." Right. You know, you brought up something that that I want to jump into that I hadn't thought about, but you you witnessed it. Uh, I mean, so many good things have been said about Alex Smith, and I had a chance to get to know him, and just on a brief. Uh, 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 part and just thought he was a great dude. But can, can you talk about him? Uh, you know, in terms of, I guess it would be off the field in terms of how he dealt with it and, and Mahomes coming in and how he tutored him. I mean, everything we hear and that I understand is he was just great to him and, and tried to help him out the best he could. Yeah. Like, I know that I know when anytime they bring in new guys, yeah, it's going to be like a sense of like, oh, this guy's trying to take my job. 
Uh, right. And I never, I never ever felt that from Alex uh, at all. And and just the way that he carries himself as a professional, and mm-hmm. especially that year they drafted him, he just came in and played the best ball that he's ever played. And you know, I right. I, I grew up a fan of his in Utah when he was playing at University of Utah. I remember when he got drafted. That's right. And so when it happened and with 49ers it did, I was like, man, that guy, like he he is so good and he just does everything the right way. He just needs a place that really appreciates him. And I think Kansas City was that place for him. Yeah, and you had a chance, uh, I think just for the one year, to be around Mahomes. And we always ask about it because Mahomes is obviously kind of transcending the game a little bit. We know about everything. We know about a lot on the field. Uh, but everything I've seen, having been around him a little bit, was this is a person who just really gets it off the field as well as far as how he prepares, how he treats people, how he is with his family. Uh, can you expand on any of that? Did you have a chance to see some of that? Yeah, and it, it's, it was interesting because like when he first came here, you know, they were just starting – well, him and Brittany had been together for a while, but like – Right. There was a group. There was a group of wives that played uh, volleyball uh, in a volleyball league, and nice. so it was. We would show up to their games. It, it'd be Fish, uh, Sherm, Patrick. I think Kelsey would come. Uh, like, like we would sit up in the stands, and no one else would be in the stands, and we'd be up there. You might as well think it was a football game. Like we were cheering, we were chirping, <laughs> you know, talking shiz. Um, uh, and I'll see funny. him he, see him go from like that young couple, and now as a father, like. He just does everything the right way and just commands so much respect. Like the year that he started, we had some guys go down and I ended up playing center right. against the Bengals. And that was a game I tore my pec in the first quarter. And we were down on guys anyway. And he's like, are you all right? And I was like, I think I, I thought it was my bicep at the time. I, was like, I think I, I think my bicep's gone. And he's like, well, can you go? And I'm like, like worst pain I've ever felt up up to this point in my life and he's just the type of guy where i was like listen like if i can go i'll go let's go and uh so i ended up playing the rest of the game with a torn peck trying to block geno atkins but all that was strictly because of the respect that i have for him as a player and i just i know he's younger than me I, i got years on him but it was one of those feelings where it's like i don't care if i my arms dangling like I'm going to put it all out there for him because he, he deserves it. And I don't want to let him down. Uh, that's amazing. And you talked about that, the blocking Gino, that's, that's tough sledding healthy, let alone with just one arm. And then for folks, it, it, to, to put it in perspective, I'm mean, literally, if you tear your pec, th- that, that arm is basically worthless. I mean, I, I honestly, I don't know. I, to this day, I, I, I knew you, you played with a little bit, not to, to that, that degree. So I, I can't even imagine that because, uh, that's just amazing. But again, that's what he seems to do because he does everything the right way. And there's no ego. People ask me all the time because I was fortunate enough to be around him a little bit, not to the degree you were, but the guy's genuine and he's uh, and and he's unique and he's real. And he could get away with not doing that uh, because of how he is. But uh, if you're studying how to be a leader uh, and, and have great qualities, I, I would think he's definitely somebody you look at. Yeah, one hundred percent. There's, uh, there's never any like. Sometimes you get in the huddle, or you know, different quarterbacks. You know, they try to talk, and you're like, man, this this is fake. Like, I understand what he's trying to do. This is fake. I never felt yeah. that ever from the top tier quarterbacks like Mahomes, like Brady, 
Uh, even like Derek Carr, like I have tremendous respect for him as well. Like those type of guys, like there's nothing fake about them. Everything they do on and off the field is just as genuine as can be. That's really cool. Um, one other thing before we take a little, uh, another break and get to life after football is you've mentioned a couple different times uh, the offensive line, a good offensive line rooms, and and I was fortunate that enough. I was always a long snapper. If I couldn't long snap, I wouldn't have played. But I was an offensive lineman as well. And, and O line groups are to me. I don't mean it bad against anybody else, but they are the most more normal group in the locker room. They're very oftentimes low key, but they have a good time. They mess with each other. Uh, but they seem to me closer than others. And, and you mentioned uh, that as well. Have, have you experienced that in your life or, or is that just me talking? No, I, I, going from team to team, you know, I played for a few different teams. There's, there's always like that anxiety going into a new building and you're like, oh, I don't know what this is going to be like, but being an offensive lineman, like it's the same group, no matter where you go. Like I think, I think it boiled down to, and we've, we've talked about it, uh, amongst different online groups it's like what is it about us and i think the common uh answer was like well we've all been bigger our whole lives and so as a kid like kid kids like to tease the big guys and so we developed this sense of humor and we can play off right. of it and we're able to deflect some of that stuff as kids and so now that we're adults it's just like we still have that same hu- sense of humor and when we get together we just play off of it and it just turns into just a good time we definitely know how to work but we, we have right. a lot of fun. Yeah, that, that, and that's what I've experienced as well. Okay, good. Talking to former Kansas City Chief, also offensive lineman, Jordan Debbie. We're going to take another break, and when we come back, we'll talk about life after football. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? That's DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And new customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action as all DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code KCSN to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdictions void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. All right, we're back with nine-year veteran NFL offensive lineman, former Kansas City Chief Jordan Debbie. All right, Jordan, uh, just as it does for everybody, uh, football ends uh, at some point in time. Most of the time, not of our own volition. Most of the time, it's because... Father time wins and we're not good enough or we get hurt, uh, we deal with it, or a combination of the two. Um, talk about briefly your exit out of football and maybe how you dealt with it because I thought it was going to be easier than it was, even though I made the decision myself after 15 years, and I found that it was difficult also. I'm curious your thoughts. Yeah, I I kind of knew the – like you said, you get you get a little bit older in age and where I didn't start football until 21 – 
like I was up there when I when I was getting ready to retire. Um, I had the torn pec with the Chiefs, and then I tore my other one with the Raiders. And so I was like, okay, like the end's near. Let's see if I can get another year or two. I ended up getting one more with Buffalo. Um, and then they let me go the following year, and it was just like, okay, well, now what? And there was a combination of you miss the camaraderie, you miss the locker room atmosphere. And then there's also where you wake up and you're like, wait a minute, my body doesn't hurt. Like I can shake someone's hand and not cringe because my fingers still hurt. And you're like, right. okay, like this is nice. But then you miss the camaraderie and then you're, you're trying to develop this identity. Like I've always tried to put myself as a dad and a husband first. Um, and so trying to be more involved with the kids but at the same time, it's like, well, I have all this time. I need to do something productive. I, I can't just take him to school and then sit around in the house. And so right. there, there's definitely this transition period. They, t- they talk about it a little bit in the NFL, but they don't really talk about like how to process all the feelings you're feeling and like how to deal with anxiety going into public or how to deal with like the loneliness where, I mean, I have my wife mm-hmm. and she's my best friend, but like that camaraderie that I had before is not right. There. And so they don't really talk about that. And with graduating in, uh, in accounting, um, I knew that I was going to start a tax firm. I was like, whenever I'm done, I'm going to start a tax firm. I can stay busy in the spring. I can hunt mm-hmm. in the fall and I can coach my kids. Right. So the, pl- the plan was like, okay, take that fall off and start that up. Um, but once again, it was like, this is a whole new chapter. Like it's not just right. Hey, I can just go up and show up and play football and, and know what I'm supposed to do. Now I have to interact with people. Now I have to mm-hmm. network and socialize. And so it's just been a huge learning experience since then. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, mean, I always talk about the fact that you, so you basically got out of the league around 30 ish, uh, somewhere in there. I think you, you had mentioned uh, maybe a few after that. I was uh, 33. Yeah. You were 33. Okay. And I was 37. And, the thing I always said was at almost 38 is, okay, everybody else has a, a 10 or 15 yard year head start on us. And it's like, we're coming out of college with whatever degree we have. And and it is a tough thing. I think the other thing, and I'm curious if you experienced this is, you know, obviously while we're playing and for, for decent reasons, because we're doing something that's very few people get to, to do. Uh, there's a lot of doors that are open to people that, that want to help out in ge- some genuine, some not. Uh, but when you leave the league, uh, it's interesting how some of those doors just close right away. Did you experience some of that? Yeah. I mean, not being an active player, there's definitely some doors, like you said, that close and, and you almost have to, if someone doesn't talk to me about football, I'm never going to introduce myself as, Hey, I'm Jordan Devy. I played in the NFL, you know? Right. It, but it's, it's normally like when you're playing, it's like, Oh, you're so-and-so or you're with guys and it's like, Oh, these guys play. Um, and so it's a matter of like, yeah, I played. So you have to capitalize on that because there's so few people that did. Uh, right. And it's just a, it's just a transition and it's, it's awkward. And you just kind of have to figure out how you want to handle it. And unless you go into, you know, something sports related, like you said, you're starting fresh and that's what I was with accounting. And then we opened up these cookie stores and it's a whole new chapter with those getting those up and running. Yeah, and I've, I've been chop. 
lack of a better word, I've been chopping up the bit to talk about the cookie company because I think it's a cool deal. I, I came to one of your grand openings, um, and, and I didn't know it at the time. You just learned it today that because I didn't realize that you were an accounting major. So obviously, the business side of that that has you know some some uh, crossover. I would think just talk about. Just talk about the thought process of deciding to get something that, you know, a franchise like this opened and going. And I think you have at least three stores, maybe four or five. You can talk about this. I want to hear all about it with the website. I want everything. Uh, but just talk to me about that endeavor because this is now, this is your new Kansas City Chiefs, your new, this is what you're doing for the foreseeable future. Yeah. I mean, so the, the accounting firm is, it, it's fun. It's fun. Like, I guess nobody really says taxes are fun, but I wanted to do something where, I could get involved in the community. I could, you know, have something that's fun that we can go to charities, go to golf things, whatever it is, get involved with schools and the cookie aspect of it. I looked into other franchises, found Cookie Co. Um, I was impressed with how they make their cookies. Everything's fresh. Um, I love the cookies that they make. I have to be careful not to eat too many of them. I do as well. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're not linemen anymore. Um, <laughs> But so getting these three stores open, it, it's been fun. And we're just trying right now just to do all we can to get involved with the communities, with businesses, um, and just trying to spread the goodness of, you know, bring, bringing a cookie. Like there's tons of times where I show up to someone's um, event and I'm like, I don't know what to bring. Like, should I make something? Um, right. And I end up like, oh, let's just take a box of cookies. Right. Very cool. Yep, absolutely. That that's a neat thing. Now you you've got that. And of course, uh, I've been fortunate enough to to meet your wife and and brief your your family. You've got a a son and a daughter a daughter as well. Just can you can you talk about life after football with that? And then you, as a family aspect, and also the fact of um, really how a family when you start a family while you're still playing how. For, for me, it was a good thing because it almost it, it it takes your mind off this game. Yeah, we actually have one joining us right now. <laughs> That's outstanding. Who do we have here? This is Winnie. So she's our 18-month-old daughter. That's um, awesome. They just got home. Um, it's It's been a lot of fun. So I've been able to coach. So Anthony Sherman and I, we coach a uh -huh. tackle football team together, uh, Team Freedom. We started out as flag and made the transition for them to go to tackle. Uh, awesome. We get a, get a coach baseball. Um, and it's just... It's been fun, especially Cash. He's my eight-year-old boy. Uh, uh -huh. He is all sports. My wife played college basketball, so he is the best of the athleticism between the both of, both of us. Right. I mean, he's looking. He wakes up Saturday morning looking to see which college games are playing and who, which games he wants to watch. So that's awesome. They're, they're, it's that's been so much fun. Isn't it? Yeah, and it, that, that, it's good. Sorry. No, no, that's fine. I, that, that's awesome. I didn't mean to cut in. I mean, obviously, uh, you got the good and the bad. I mean, you got you got you coaching people, which is an awesome thing, and, and then you got to deal with that crazy fullback who's who's going nuts and loving football as well. <laughs> I, I like messing with Sherman because he used to mess with me pretty hard. Oh yeah, he he he's such a great guy, and it's fun uh, to see it because I like. We both saw each other on the football field, and it, you know, right? There's a d different mentality, and now we're working with yep. eight-year-old kids, and for him being, you know, that gritty, tough, thought of a gun fullback that's out there w with the kids, like he just—I don't want to say he turns into a big teddy bear, but he—he's definitely got a soft spot for him, 
but it's fun to see because he knows how to teach. I know how to teach. We've got such a good co coaching staff that these kids are really just eating up everything we're doing, and it's so much fun to see him play. Yeah, you know, we're beyond the games on KC Sports Network, so I think one of the kids on your team is B.J. Kissel's son. Um, yeah, Carter. And he, 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 yeah, he's, he's talked about that. And, you know, what you're talking about is kind of interesting because I remember when we were playing, uh, at one point in time, I was helping coach uh, along with Trent Green, and then uh, when Vrabel was here, uh, he was he was coaching as well. And so my son remembers Vrabel that you know out there getting him before before the practice started and working on things, and has some little memories. And it's just a cool deal, uh, and and something I think the kids really appreciate as well. Yeah, no, it, it's fun, and uh, Carter especially, he's so much fun to work with, um, and he he's one of those kids that's just like what can I do to get better? Like, what can I do? And it's like, all right, well, here's a few drills to take home. And then the next practice, it's like night and day difference. And I'm like, dude, how much have you been working? And, you know, BJ's, <laughs> he, he's always begging me to go out and out in the field. Yep. But the path hold and it. So it, I think we have 18 or 20 kids on our team and every single one of them are like that. I mean, Sherman and I were at baseball tournaments and we'd see a kid, athletic kid make a play and be like all right let's go who's who's number nine's parents let's go <laughs> hey did this i remember that as well this it's like, not recruiting per se it's simply trying to encourage people to play the game <laughs> exactly and and you're playing the right way too like there's so many yeah. coaches i went to a game a fourth grade game last year and the coach is yelling throwing his clipboard and yeah. i'm like okay at this age like it's all about yeah. developing teaching them the right techniques and more importantly like having fun like kids need to have fun in sports they need to know that they're not always going to win but if they do things the right way it, that translates to everything they do in life i mean sure and i we have a thing where if they get in trouble with school then they have punishment at practice not punishment but like they have to yeah, end a lot because mm -hmm. because we expect them to be good on the football field but we expect them to be good in the classroom we expect them to be good sons and sons to their parents. We want them, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Like, we want yep. them doing all the right things and doing them the right way. That's awesome. And and, and to get that from such imposing figures is just a, is a great thing. I was fortunate my kids were able to have that also. I mean, not just with me, but with the other coaches there. So, okay, well, I told you that we'd go about this time, so we're getting to the end. Uh, the one question, uh, two-part question that I asked everybody before we let you go is, and when you look back, uh, is there one thing that stands out from your career as a high? And is there one thing that unfortunately stands out as a low as well? Um, the two highs that I would have were obviously winning the Super Bowl. Um, my wife is actually, I think, 36 weeks pregnant at the time. Oh, wow. And so being able to have her there, win the Super Bowl, celebrate with family, it was just incredible. Um and then a high low would be that game like that we talked about earlier where I tore my pec because one for me as a as a player I was playing my best ball you know I was thinking oh I'm going to have a little extension stay here finish my career here and then to be knowing the game like my, my season's over and be able to put that aside and and you know really I can't tell you how much pain it was and just going each single play um, but for me to be able to finish that like. I remember in the game saying, like, if I can finish this game and they don't pull me because it looks terrible, like, this is going to be a story to tell my kids about, like, perseverance, dedication, right. putting yourself out there for the kids, or, I mean, for, for your teammates. Team. 
Um, and then the low, I think, would be the following year with the Raiders where I tore my other one. When I tore that one, yeah, same same story. Was playing my best ball. I thought I was going to retire a Raider. Um, and when that happened, it was I was in a real low spot. We're in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. and I remember calling my wife and saying, "I'm done." And, and she picked me up off the ground and was like, no, like you've done this before. You can, you can rehab wow. again. You can come back. Um, but that definitely was a low when I, I kind of saw the writing on the wall as my career was coming to an end. Yeah. That's the one thing is father time is undefeated as we talked about earlier. Thanks. Well, uh, as always, uh, it's great talking with you. I appreciate you coming on before we let you go. Uh, just tell us your locations, uh, of, of the cookie company. Cause I want people to at least have the chance to go get a great cookie. Yeah, um, we're actually going to start doing a thing for Red Fridays uh, where we're giving discounts for anyone that comes in wearing Chiefs gear. Uh, our three locations are, uh, so 435 and 87th Street. It's over by Mod Pizza. Yep. We're, uh, we're in Blue Hawk, um, so 69 and 159th next to Andy's wow. Five Guys in that neighborhood. And then our third one that just opened is 135th and State Line. We're next to Starbucks, QT, Chipotle. It's a good area there, too. That's awesome. Well, I can vouch for the cookies. I've had more than quite honestly I should have. <laughs> uh, but that's that's benefiting you and your family, hopefully. So we appreciate it. Jordan Debbie, as always, appreciate you coming on today and having a great time. Folks, you've been listening to Beyond the Game. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.